The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, and welcome aboard here on 900 CHML. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks for downloading it, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And uh, certainly it is uh, nearly Christmas, so we're going to spend a little time talking about the holidays and uh, offer you some tips on how to sell a home during the holidays. I think step number one is calling the Golfie team, Canada's number one REMAX team at 905-575-7700. There's other tips. We'll get to those a little later on in the show, as I mentioned. RobGolfi.com is the website to go to. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. They're all over social media, be it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check them out. they got some great content on social media. Lots more to get to today as well. We have a listener email question. We're going to talk about average selling price in Hamilton over the last number of decades. But we'll begin with a little crystal ball gazing. And COVID-19 has certainly made reading next year's real estate market harder than ever. Uh, about a week ago, StatsCan released new data that shows that the consumers were back on a borrowing binge and that demand for mortgages and housing investments hit an all-time record during the three months ending in September, which is amazing to hear because uh, we're in a pandemic still. Uh, data from Vancouver and Toronto's real estate boards earlier this month hints that for now, the rush to borrow continues. Uh, we also heard from uh, the Canadian Real Estate Association this week that says that the average house price is expected to increase by 9.1% in 2021 to $620,000 nationally. Uh, certainly, we've heard the projections here in Hamilton and in Burlington and Niagara. It's still up, up and up. Uh, but with COVID, uh, with vaccines now a thing, uh, you know, they've arrived how difficult is it to look into 2021 to say, all right, this is the number we're going to hit? You know what, Rick, that is a tough, like, I mean, we got experts that, you know, study the markets and everyone's got their different opinion and they're predicting that the market is going to go up uh, another 9%. And I, I just, I don't know if there's any more room. Like, you know, when you, you know, you, you know, you blow a balloon up and you just keep blowing it and blowing it and blowing it. And it's just, like what, like how much can you stretch that balloon to, to fill it with air? But, uh, but they're predicting that. And, and, and I can see it, you know what I mean? Because there's such a shortage of homes on the market. Like, like my inventory has been at, at the, the, the lowest I've ever had it in, 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 in a decade. It's just like, like we have buyers that are looking, there's, there's probably 10 buyers for every house out there right now. That's for sale. No wow. more than that. Like, I mean, as soon as it comes up, you're going to get 30 showings. And you got maybe 10 to 20 offers. And, and, and we've held, we've had offers uh, just in the past, uh, you know, 60 days that we had 50 offers on one house. So that tells me that there's 50 buyers 
uh, 49 other buyers that didn't get that house are looking for for a house. So there's uh, there is a shortage. So I yeah I could see the the market going up another nine ten percent next year, which is good for the sellers, but uh, for the buyers, I, I know it's going to be, you know, something that they don't want to hear or, but you know what, you just got to get into the market. That's just the way it is. You know, you're going to, if you're going to buy a house, you, you, you know, you stop, you stop the bleeding of inflation, as I would say it, you yeah. stop the bleeding. So you got to get into the marketplace. House price, uh, house and, prices have climbed since, well, pretty much all year this year. Uh, another 9% increase is anticipated next year, according to CREA. And this, uh, you know, flies in the face of what CMHC said earlier this year and then doubled down later on in the year that house prices were going to plummet by 17, 18, 19%. And we, we're just not seeing that. No, no, it's just, it, it, the inventory is too low. The population's strong. Uh, a majority of the people are still working. Uh, also with the uh, government, you know, subsidizing, you know, people's uh, incomes with, uh, you know, uh, because of the pandemic. So they're just trying to keep the, uh, the economy afloat. And then once things get back to normal, things are going to probably go even faster. Um, you know, it just, yeah, it just, there's a shortage of homes. Uh, and, and again, like, and, and I, I'm going to say this, like we don't have the, the immigrants coming in. So, mm-hmm. um, and people, you know what I mean? So when that happens, when they start coming, that, that there's going to be a big influx of the pot uh, of everything going again, there's going to be another little mini boom there happening. So, um, so there's a, so t- towards the middle to the end of this year, you're going to see uh, again, uh, maybe another big pop of, um, uh, uh, rate increases. I mean, the price of homes going up even more again. Are, are developers able to keep up? Are you expecting a construction boom either next year, maybe the year following that? Developers are having a hard time keeping up uh, for a, a lot of reasons. Uh, one, uh, the, the cities and townships are not giving per, per, permits fast enough. Two, there's not enough uh, uh, like uh, tradesmen out there. They're just, you know what I mean? There's only so many. I, I've had, I was talking to one uh, a well-known uh, developer builder in, in Hamilton, and he had to stop uh, selling houses because he just doesn't have the the, the manpower. He doesn't have the uh, the the uh, workers to, to to build these houses. So they they're only limited. Like so, each uh, developer builder they only have so many tradespeople. There's only so many tradespeople out there. We need we need to get uh, uh, bring in tradespeople to help with the building boom. And because of that shortage of also of houses being built, that's what's driving the market up also. So, I mean, they're like, I mean, I, and I'm sure a lot of other countries around the world, the U S Australia, like, like major, you know, the G20, they're experiencing the same thing. And uh, so right now we need to bring immigrants that are willing to do those jobs uh, that uh, the people that are, that are born in this country that don't want to do. And, and you know what, it's funny though, like 20 years ago, they were saying that if you're in a, in a trade, you're going to do well in, in, in the future. Mm-hmm. And they were bang on right. They knew this 20 years ago that there was going to be a shortage of uh, tradespeople. So, so this, is, uh, this is the opportunity for uh, some young people to open up businesses. Definitely. In the, in the same sense, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation uh, did report a 14.4% jump in housing starts in November over the previous month. And... Um, uh, totaling 246,000 units in November, but obviously still not enough because that wait list is still there. Uh, people are, you know, for every home, there's 40, 50 buyers, 49 of them are 
out of luck and then they're moving to the next property. Of note as well, uh, the Canadian Real Estate Association saying that uh, nationally, so this is this just isn't a Hamilton or a Hamilton Niagara or a GTA phenomenon that house prices and sales are up nationally, um, up 32.1% from November to November of 2019. 511,000 homes changed hands in uh, Canada's MLS systems. That's up 10.5% from the first 11 months of last year. That's a phenomenal number. It's crazy. Um, I, 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 and I, I'm looking at that right now. Just uh, and I, I kind of put a bracket around that statement there, and I just like, unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. It just, uh, nobody ever expected that. And, and, and I know the guys in the financial, uh, sector, like, you know, that deal with stocks and everything. I mean, they're doing very well too. If, if, if you're, if you, if, if you write buy the right stocks and, you know, blue chip stocks versus, you know, the mutual funds. So right now, if you're, if you're doing blue chip stocks, you own real estate, you're doing well. Uh, the mutual funds, I don't think they're they're uh, on pace to keep up with the uh, with the real estate market uh, at all. So, uh, owning real estate is always a great investment. Yeah, everybody needs a roof over their head. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it's just going to keep going. I think that's it. I, I thought this thing was going to stop, you know, two three years ago. But again, it, they just surprise us, and and it keeps coming. They keep coming. Interest rates are low, and you know, population is you know you know a little bit on hold, but but everybody's just jumping on the wagon and, and there's more buyers and sellers out there mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I was uh, on the um, Golfy Team Facebook page earlier on in the week because, you know, we're talking about, you know, more homes being sold, more people possibly coming to the community. Uh, and I saw uh, one post that uh, the Golfy Team is looking for new agents, which you're probably doing so, you know, all, all the time. What makes a good realtor, especially in this climate? You know what? Just being on top of the market. Um, what what makes a, a good realtor is knowing um, the area that that they they work in, uh, knowing the inventory that's uh, every day, like the new listings that's coming up on the market, uh, knowing what's sold, so you know that when you're talking to somebody, you can say, "Hey, that seems kind of like a, a great number for that that area," or "That's that seems pretty high." So you kind of you kind of learn uh, the market and also know the different streets. Again, there are streets in uh, Hamilton that uh, you definitely want to buy in and some streets you don't. You just you got to be very careful. You, you know, basically, you almost have to read the news, uh, uh, like read the paper and listen to the news all the time just so that you know what's going on in different areas. Like, I mean, there's uh, houses uh, on uh, in Hamilton. There's a certain street that some of them are sinking. They built them on a little bit of soft soil and, and they're kind of you know, like, uh, thinking like the leaning tower of Pisa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, so you got to know those things. Um, it's just like, you know what I mean? But uh, again, the, the, the agent that's got it listed and also the seller should be disclosing that if not, then you got problems. Um, so there's, but it's always good to know, um, uh, always get a local agent, um, uh, to represent you. Uh, either way, when you're putting your house up for sale or you're buying a house, sometimes we get a lot of Toronto agents coming into the uh, Hamilton area. They have no clue. I feel sorry for their clients because they're they're depending on their agent and they end up moving into a neighborhood that's probably not right for them. If they actually dealt with a local realtor, they probably would have bought in a different neighborhood and would have had the right neighborhood. But those those people end up moving quickly 
Uh, they stay there for two years, and then they and then they're out of there. And that once they get to know Hamilton a little better. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. We do have a question from Frank that we're going to get to a little later on in the program. We'll also get to some uh, average selling price in, in Hamilton over the last couple of decades. We're going to look at the year 2000, 2010, and 2020. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line is Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find the hottest listings in town at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Canada's number one Remax team today at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They are very active on social media. Check out the Golfie team on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfie Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We appreciate all the downloads. Still to come, guess what the average selling price in Hamilton was in 2000, 2010, and 2020. You're going to be amazed. We have a listener email we're going to get to from Frank, and we'll also talk about the holidays. They're right around the corner. Six tips to help you sell a home during the holiday season. Um, Do you have the right to find out how many offers were made on a property? Only if you put an offer on it. Um, and it's actually, it's actually good because let's say, let's say there's a, a house for sale and I have a client and that client, uh, that agent that has that listing has to give me exactly how many offers there are on it. Now we have a system now that we can register the offer that everybody sees it, all other agents and everybody. So let's say for instance, uh, I have an offer on, on a property that's, let, let's just say on Mohawk road. I, 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 I go online uh, and I go on our matrix system that uh, has all the listings. I can indicate on there that I have an offer. So that shows other agents that there is a registered offer. And then the next guy can go in and, and show that. So, and if, if the real, if the agent doesn't do that online, um, the, uh, he can call in to the agent and the agent should be inputting that. So it, it indicates how many offers there are. So you're supposed to, you're supposed to, disclose exactly how many offers that uh, the people that are participating and putting an offer in now um, the, the people that uh, uh, and, and, and those are the people that need to know, right? Those are the people that need to know. Now the person that didn't put an offer in, you know, they, it, it's not their uh, uh, like afterwards, afterwards that they find out, Hey, did it sell? Well, how many offers you, you really, they don't have a right to know that, but I mean, most agents will say, Hey, yeah, there was, 
30 offers on the property and that's it. And that's all they can disclose. We do, uh, we do have a form also, uh, that we call it an 801 form and it indicates that there is a registered offer on it. Once you, once you sign that and send that to the agent, um, they got to submit the offer. They can't back out of that. That's it. That's saying, Hey, listen, you have an offer. So if they, if they back out of that, they can be in a lot of trouble uh, because they've indicated that there is an offer. So the next guy that comes in knows that he's in competition. Now, if this guy backs out, then there's problems. There could be problems with that. So, um, so there, it, it is, I mean, you can tell people that, you know, every agent that's putting an offer in, just like I said, should know that uh, how many offers there are. Is, Absolutely. The, but, is there an appetite to make that information public? Um, as listings come and go? Uh, you know what? It, it's not public, but if somebody calls and, uh, and says something, like I may call an agent, like let's say if I have an offer on, uh, uh, let's say I'm listing a property with, on, on a certain street, and I see that there was a sale, and I can basically almost tell uh, how much over asking, how many offers there were on it. Like if, if it went in 100,000 over asking, there's a probability that there was you know, more than, 10 to 15 offers on that place. Right. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, so you kind of get it. But then if, if I know the agent, I'll call him and say, Hey, listen, how many offers did you have on that? And he'll say, you know, he'll tell me, say, Hey, there's like, you could say there's 30 offers. So that kind of gives me an indication that there, there is 30 people looking in that particular area for that kind of house. So that tells me, you know what, I might experience the same thing depending on what price I put on the house. So you know what, that that's part of the research. And putting down with uh, with our clients, uh, we just had one I think that uh, uh, that sold I think for uh, 110,000 over asking just uh, last uh, last week, which was fantastic. It was exciting. Uh, the clients were super happy. They never expected that. Uh, we didn't expect it to sell it for that much. Uh, you know, I crossed my fingers. You know, everything goes through okay with the banks because, like, like you know, like if, if you list a house for you know, 485,000, it sells for 585,000. And the market shows that, you know, the house is only worth maybe 520,000. Uh, oh, you get kind of scary. You know what I mean? Like, is this thing going to close? <laughs> so we try to get large, large deposits on that. So that they, they're going to have to uh, call friends and family if the banks uh, say that you have, they have to put a bigger uh, down payment on it. But, uh, but yeah, like, it's just, you know, it's all part of the research of, uh, of uh, when we put a house up for sale, we, we look at every aspect of it. Because there is such a, um, a dearth of supply out there, and there's so many buyers still out there, is it common that virtually every home that hits the market is going to go over asking? Maybe not uh, every yeah, home, but most. Yeah, no, most homes will, depending if it's priced right. If it's priced at market value, you're probably going to get more than market value. Right. If it's priced under market value, again, you're going to get over market value. But now, if you price it, 10% above market value, it's going to sit, it's going to sit. You're going to get people coming and going, coming and going. And you might get one guy, you know, make a run at it. And he, and, and he's going to make an offer based on market value. But if you want way over market value, way over, underprice it. And, and you're going to, you're going to get somebody that's going to come in and just give you a number that's going to be like, Whoa, I didn't expect that. And, uh, and, and, and it'll be an exciting moment for the seller. It'll be an exciting moment for the buyer because he beat all the other buyers out. But uh, but you know, and uh, and then hopefully the market you know will stick to that price point in uh, in in that area, whatever subdivision or or neighborhood that's in. So the golfy team makes uh, you know literally thousands of sales every year 
for from the last uh, I don't know month, maybe two months, uh, with the market the way it is, you've probably seen a lot of um, uh, offers come in over asking, and and you know those deals being finalized. What what is the common over asking? Um, uh, deal that is consummated? Is it 10, 10 grand over asking? Is it 20, 50? What, what's the, the average you, that you're you, seeing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I'd say, you know, average is, is uh, like if you had to average it out, probably 10 to 15,000 over asking. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, like we've had 50,000, like I said, over 100,000. It just, it just, but, but if you average it out, yeah, definitely. Um, our, uh, average, uh, our, our average sale, uh, list to sell ratio is, is over a hundred percent. And so that's, you know, blended. So again, you know, uh, usually the higher end properties are the ones that are getting, you know, 97%, 98% because the higher end ones, we find that, uh, the people like to negotiate a bit. Like, so let's say we're listing a $1.7 million house. Uh, it's probably worth 1.5. Where you know you and you have it listed at one you know one point seven one point eight and then it takes a long time and then you reduce it and then then you're getting offers around the one point five range. The the one thing about the high end homes, they do take longer. There's less there's a less buyer pool of in that in that price point, and you know sometimes there's some good deals out there in that in that price point. We found that in uh, the beginning of this year, uh, with those high end homes that were sitting on the market for a long time finally got sold towards the end of this year. They like, like if I went in and priced out a home, I would have priced out a home. Uh, There's one in particular, I priced it out at two and a half million dollars. Right. But they wanted 2.8. Now it was on the market like from, I think it was from the end of last year. So, and it was on the market for a long time, but it, it sold in the last three months. So it was on the market for almost a year before they got their 2.8. Now, the reason why they got their 2.8 is because what's happened in the marketplace. Now, if we didn't have that market uh, change, they wouldn't have got that 2.8. Like, I mean, like how's like people are getting more money. Nobody expected this boom to happen. So, so a lot of those homes, that uh, didn't sell uh, before COVID sold towards the end of this year. Like if they were on the market for a long time. And uh, so, so yeah, like, I mean, like, like that, that is a perfect example, Rick. You know, my suggested price was 2.5. It was listed at 2.8. They finally did get the 2.8 and it took, it took almost a year for them to get it. And if, if the, if we didn't have this pandemic, this change in the, in the market, they'd probably still be sitting on the market right now. Hmm. How difficult, because there's so many homes in the, you know, four, five, six hundred thousand dollar price range, when you get to, you know, one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, how much more difficult is it to price those homes? Because there are fewer comparables out there. You're talking about the under 500,000? No, I'm talking about the ones that are over no. a million or over two. Like how much more difficult oh, are, is you know it to price what? They, they, they are harder to price um, because the price per square foot is all over the map. Right. It is all over the map. You literally have to study it. So, you know, there's a lot of scenarios that I do. Like I, I you know, I look at the upgrades. Then I look at the, and, and usually when those homes are like, especially once you get over the two million, Rick, it is tough. So, so I try to go by, okay, average square footage to see if that, if there's a, if there's a commonality, because a lot of times you can have a 5,000 square foot home, uh, and a, and a 3,000 or let's say a 3,500 square foot home. So you got a 3,500 square foot home and a 5,000 square foot home. 
they both can sell for the same price, even though you got a, a 1,500 square feet more on another house. But the problem is, is, is people may not want to spend more, like more money on that bigger house. Right. Right. Like it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. The bigger the house you go, I, 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 I think the less money you're going to make because they are harder to sell. And that's why, you know, people feel that, Hey, I've got a 10,000 square foot home and I should be getting this much money. Cause that guy has a 5,000 square foot home and he got that. So <laughs> I should be getting double. It doesn't work that way. Maybe yeah. it, stuff like that might work in Burlington and Oakville, but in, in Hamilton and, uh, Ancaster Dundas, it's a little tougher. It's just a little tougher. You have to be very, very careful on pricing Sometimes you have to put it on the open market and then kind of work your way down. It, it, it depends on the seller. Um, I'm working on a big one right now. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I think, um, yeah, it, it's tough. It's, it's a tough one. A lot of research goes into it. And, uh, and, 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 you, and you don't know if you're right or not. The market will dictate. The market will know with the market whether they're going to accept that price or they're going to reject it. If you are uh, thinking about uh, diving into the housing market or, or maybe buying your third or fourth or fifth home, uh, the Golfie team is the one you want to contact. RobGolfie.com is the website, 905-575-7700. We're going to get to a listener email in a matter of minutes. We'll also bring you six tips to help sell a home during the holidays. But let's get to this. Guess what the average selling price in Hamilton was in the year 2000, 2010, and 2020. The numbers are very different. Yeah, I... So I, I just did this, and I just wanted to show it to you just to, to give you an idea. In, in, in 2000, now I, I just selected Hamilton, and, but I am going to come out with the Burlington numbers, and I'm going to go 10 years back in every area it, it'll, it'll, in the new year. You're going to love those ones when okay. I send it to you, Rick. But uh, in, in Hamilton, that's including the surrounding areas. Uh, now, now, keep in mind, that uh, Hamilton, the amalgamation happened in 2001, right. if I'm correct. Yes. 2001. So this was done in 2000. So the average sale price in Hamilton and whatever, that's part of you know, uh, Stony Creek and, and surrounding areas, was 142636 in 2000. <laughs> okay. Now we're talking 20 years ago. Now, remember, like, Rick, I can't believe it. So, so it is like 142,000. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? That's, so, that's incredible. That's incredible. Now look at, so look at this. So I, I called the real estate board on this one here. So this one, this one in Hamilton for 2010. Yep. Now I looked at the numbers. I think the numbers are, are kind of con- construed uh, for some reason. I called the real estate board to verify uh, the, the number of sales and they just kind of said, well, that's the way it is. But I, I, I think it's wrong. Hmm. They had 25, 2,584 sales in 2010. That seems really low. Uh, I, well, I think it's, it's low. But anyway, the average sale price uh, for Hamilton was 277000 So, So so if you go 10 years, it, 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 it's almost doubled, right? Yeah. Yeah, almost, not quite, not quite there. Now, so 2010, uh, 277571 in 2010. Right now, it's 600 in 29,458. <laughs> crazy. That's, that's so insane. It, it's, almost, it's almost on track with the, the uh, doubling every 10 years. It's almost. Yeah, not quite. Yeah, it, almost. It's, it's, a little, it's a little higher from 2010 to 2020, but it's, it's, uh, it's, almost, it's almost doubled. So, so, again, you buy something today, hang on to it for 20, uh, 10 years, 
and you doubled it. And not only that, you paid your, you paid ten years of the mortgage off. So yeah. um, so you've got a lot of equity there. That's incredible. Uh, it, I I got a couple it, of questions. Uh, let me jump in because we've got to take a break. But I got a couple questions sure. on on the chart. One has to do with list price, and the other has to do with dollar per square foot. We're going to tackle that when we come back. Don't forget, we're also going to talk about six tips to sell a home during the holidays, and we'll answer Frank's listener email. If you have a question for the Golfy team, you can send an email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. More of the Golfie Real Estate Show continuing here on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. Joining us once again is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Find them online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. Call Canada's number one Remax team today at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, download the Golfy Real Estate Show podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Still to come, a listener email from Frank, and we'll get to six tips to help sell a home during the holidays. But a quick question on the average selling price in Hamilton in the year 2000, 2010, and 2020. We saw just before the break, or heard just before the break, $142,000 was the average price in 2000, 277 in 2010, 629000 this year. The list price in both 2000 and 2010 was higher than the average selling price. The list price in 2020 is lower than the sale price. This year, by far and away, has been absolutely bonkers. Oh yeah, see there you go. Yeah, I, I, I look. <laughs> the, yeah, that's right. It is. Uh, it is higher. And same thing. Same thing in uh, very close in 2010. It was yeah. So this year, it's a lot higher. That's that's a strong stat this year. That's, that's huge. a very strong stat. That's huge because yeah, because like this is based on like basically eleven and a half months. I mean, we're eleven and a half months into the year, and it shows it. Uh, it's a, it's the average average sale price is higher than the average uh, uh, list price. So the other question I incredible. had the other question I had was dollars per square foot, and I, and I think there's a reason behind this. But in two thousand. The average price per square foot uh, was one hundred and one dollars seventy eight cents, if you want to be exact. In twenty ten, yeah. one ninety one, and in twenty twenty, six hundred and nine dollars per square foot. Now, my my thought is because developers are building many smaller homes than they did maybe in twenty ten or two thousand. This is just a total guess that that average dollar per square foot has risen. That that's the reason. That too, but we're, we're actually tracking. Uh, um, uh, square footage more in the past. I'm not sure. We started doing uh, square footage more in the past. Uh, I, I I'd say seven eight years. Uh, within the five to eight years uh, uh, before before we didn't do square footage, Rick. So okay. it, I I I I don't know how they got the 101 and and 
and 191 on, unless they get that from MPAC or whatever. But right. we really didn't track square footage until probably like five to eight years ago. Hmm. Um, and I remember that. Uh, so that's why we print out the impact report and we print out the square footage. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, so now it's tracked very, very well per square foot, yeah. which I kind of like it at the beginning. I didn't, when it first came out, uh, we weren't used to it. And it, and it's like anything else, anything new that uh, they bring into us. It's like, Oh, you know, like it's, it's out of the comfort level, but I'm actually glad that we have a little bit of a indicator that we can actually look at the square footage when we put houses for sale. Hmm. Uh, Cause I know, you know, let's say on the mountain, there's a lot of bungalows out there and they range from 900 square feet to 1200 to 1500 square foot bungalows. Right. So, so you can compare apples to apples, but it, again, if you've got a, 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 you know, a bungalow that's 900 square feet done to the nine and you got another bungalow that's 1500 square feet and it's, you know, it's done okay. It looks good. It's, it's, it's updated. You might get more money for the 900 square foot bungalow just because of the fact of the upgrade mm-hmm. that's done to it. So it's, it kind of, it's, it's, it's weird how this market works and, and, and realtors that are uh, listening to this, they'll understand what I'm talking about. And sometimes uh, people that are buying or even people that are selling, they're saying, Hey, my house is 1500 square feet. That's smaller. And I should be getting more money. And even though they, they don't, you know, the 1500 square foot house doesn't have the, the, um, the uh, uh, upgrades that the 900 square foot or a thousand square foot home does. And, and, and that's, and sometimes it's tough. And, and, and then you see the numbers after you go, why did this 1500 square foot home sell for a lot less than that thousand square foot home? Hmm. And you could, and you could tell uh, it's just because of the fact of the upgrades that the uh, homeowner did uh, on the house. People, people, people will pay more money for a house if everything is done. They will pay for that. Yeah, peace of mind is priceless. I'm also envisioning a lot of our listeners this morning at the breakfast table, you know, pulling out their calculators and and you know determining their square footage and then timesing by 609. <laughs> it, it's not quite that easy, that's for sure. Hey, when we come back, no. we're going to get to uh, Frank's email, and uh, we'll also t- uh, pass along some tips to sell your home during the holidays. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home, where my thoughts escaping, home, where my music's playing, home, where my love lies waiting silently for Last go-round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Joining us once again this morning is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them online at robgolfy.com. Call them at 905-575-7700 and check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have some tips to sell your home during the holidays, but first here's a listener email, and it comes to us from Frank in Ancaster. He writes, Hello, Rob and Rick. When a property listings going to show two when are property listings going to show two of the most essential and important amounts that every potential buyer needs to know up front? That is property taxes and or condo fees if applicable. I feel that should be mandatory. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know why, but I, I know the prop, the, uh, condo fees are, uh, listed on the, uh, realtor.ca, but the property taxes, I don't get it. I mean, 
uh, I don't know how many years ago they allowed the, the selling price to be uh, public. Why not the property taxes? People look at property taxes. Like I've sold houses that are in neighborhoods. Uh, property taxes are 10, 11,000. And the average uh, property tax in that neighborhood was maybe five or six. And it's just because the fact that this one house, uh, you know, that has high property taxes, just because when it was first built, it was bigger. Uh, and, you know, who knows what else. But and it and, and it's hard to sell those houses sometimes, especially if it's dated. Um, but I don't know. We called the real estate board. Didn't even know. We asked them, say, why don't you guys publish? We don't know. So I think it's <laughs> part of the, um, uh, the Canadian real estate association, but I'm going to look into that and call the, uh, uh, Korea and find out why aren't property taxes, uh, publicized because I mean, it's, 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 it's a big part of buying a house. Like I would want to know what the property taxes are. I mean, it's public knowledge. I mean, any, any person can go to the city site and look up anybody's property taxes, but maybe not every city or, or municipality is like that. I don't know, but I know in Hamilton, uh, you can, you know, just go online, punch up somebody's address and you can tell what they pay, uh, find out what they pay in property taxes. So Rick, I, uh, we, we tried to find out our local real estate board and, uh, they didn't have an answer and they, you know, they're just, it's just, it's just been like that forever. But, I'm gonna when, once I inquire with the uh, the Canadian Real Estate Association. Who knows? It may change. I'll let you know when wow. it does. Frank may have started a movement here. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, it is uh, uh, less than a week to Christmas here. It's coming up uh, really quickly. It's uh, phenomenal how the the year has gone by. We have uh, six yeah. tips to sell your home during the holidays. Tip number one: contact the Golfie team, RobGolfie.com, 905-575-7700. It's it's obviously more difficult to sell during the holiday season during the winter months because, you know, the weather, uh, you know, schooling issues, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, these are pretty simple and understandable tips. Number one, stage it accordingly. You know, we've talked about staging uh, many times. Clean up the curb appeal. And this could be challenging because of, obviously, the winter months, right? Oh, absolutely. This year compared to most years is a little different because of the fact of, of, of the very low, low inventory. But, uh, but like if somebody, if we put a house up for sale this week and we are putting houses up for sale, yes, we're, we're putting houses with, you know, Christmas stuff in the house. We will reshoot that house in January so that they're, it, once they have their stuff down and, uh, and reshoot it so that it doesn't show Christmas stuff in there. Cause we want people to look at it, uh, in a different, different way. Right. But you know what? Some, sometimes actually, you know, during the Christmas season, uh, when people are going, go, oh, wow, this is nice. You know, a nice tree in the corner. They, they can envision their Christmas there mm-hmm. also. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, there's, yeah, curb appeal is definitely a big one uh, for sure. Other tips, uh, price it accordingly. Obviously, you want to do that at any point of the year. Work with a reliable agent. Again, the golfy team is the team you want to choose. Be flexible about showings. Uh, and focus on outdoor features. So if you have some pretty cool, you know, winter or holiday light display, that would be certainly that you might want to include in any kind of listing. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, through the Christmas holidays, if you got your house up for sale, I'm going to tell you, spark it up. Put the sparkle on that house. Put lights everywhere. And, uh, you know, I was driving by a house the other day, and I, like, it was on a main road. I slowed down. I, the house looked beautiful. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going, 
there's no way I could do that every year. Like, you know what I mean? Like putting lights up like that. But I'm telling you, if you want to sell your house at Christmas time during the month of December, put all the lights up you can because it can make the difference. Because people are going to, you're going to get more notice. And, and the more notice you get, the more people are going to come and look at it. And you're probably going to get more offers on it. So it definitely, uh, I think outside uh, lights, are a big factor. Huge. Uh, Rob, want to wish uh, you and the golfy team the merriest of Christmas and uh, enjoy the holiday season. You too. Thank you, Rick. And thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.